It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JYarko underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. David, the NFL schedule has officially been released and I have the Buccaneers schedule pulled up in front of me. So real quick, I'm going to run down the list and we're going to talk about a few of these games before we move on and discuss some of the things that Jason Light had to say on Tuesday. Sound good? Sounds great. Outstanding. All right. The Bucks are going to kick off their season hosting former Buccaneer Quan Alexander and the San Francisco 49ers at 425. So we're starting the season off with a late afternoon game. Then they're at Carolina on Thursday. So their first two games are within 10 days of each other. So at Carolina, Thursday night on NFL Network. Week three, they are home against the Giants at 4 o'clock. Week four, at the Rams, another 4 o'clock game. Week five, at the Saints. Week six, against the Panthers in London. So that's going to be a 9.30 in the morning start for those in the Eastern time zone. Of course, the week seven bye coming off of the London game. Then rounding out basically kind of the the second half of their schedule here at the Titans at the Seahawks home against the Cardinals home against the saints at the Falcons at the Jaguars home against the Colts at the lions. And then they finish the season with two home games, one against the Texans and the other against the Atlanta Falcons. Now, the funny thing about this Texans game is that the date says December 21st or 22nd. And the day is to be determined as is the time and the station that it will be on. So they're either going to have a Saturday or a Sunday game against the Texans. I guess I'm not sure why they would have not had that already figured out. I don't know if that's some sort of flex thing that they're doing. I mean, do you, do you have any insight on that, David? The only, like nothing official. The only thing I could imagine is kind of like you said, they, they want that open as a, as a flex position. I mean, Houston is, is, potentially going to be a playoff contender so that that if it has playoff implications maybe they they have a, a host of other games that they could split between the saturday and sunday to make sure that people can see the most important games yeah and of course the the takeaway that i get is how brutal of a stretch the bucks have right before the bye they're at the rams they're at the saints and then they have to face the panthers in london that's a whole lot of traveling to do in three weeks against three solid opponents you know, I, I do believe that the Buccaneers have more talent than the Panthers do, but it's a division game. And these these teams know each other well. It's going to be difficult, especially with that travel involved. So you got to fly to the West Coast. You got to come back home. Then you got to fly to New Orleans. Then you got to come back home. Then you got to fly to London. It's it's that's a rough stretch right there to open up the season. So it's going to be crucial for the Buccaneers to start off at the very least two and one against the Niners, Panthers, and Giants. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's super rough. I don't know. Like, I almost wonder if if someone in the Arizona Cardinals front office has something against whoever helps make the scheduling because this is rough. Like, this is it's 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 welcome back to the NFL, Bruce Arians. Have fun with your twenty thousand round trip month in in the middle of this in well, basically the middle of the season. Uh, shout out to Carmen Vitale for the mileage calculation. Flying all the way to Los Angeles and then coming back to New Orleans and then going to London and then back to Tennessee and then back to Seattle. Like they're just ping ponging between the furthest reaches of the NFL spectrum uh, as far as geography is concerned. And no Florida games in the entire month of October. Granted, one of those weeks is a bye week, but still. From 22 September to 10 November, there is no Gulf Coast NFL football. That's just nuts. Yeah, that's brutal. That is brutal. Two full months, almost two full months, without playing a true home game. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's an uphill battle to climb, my, my friend. Yeah. Nick Bosa and Quan Alexander and Jimmy Garoppolo come in, coming into Tampa on week one or in week one. I mean, the Carolina Panthers, yeah, there's some expectation that they're going to have a down season, but it's the Panthers and the Bucks. Those are always competitive games. It doesn't, it's a division game that they're, it's going to be competitive and it's on, it's in prime time and it's in Charlotte. Uh, the Giants at home, I mean, feasibly, you know, theoretically, if you had a circle one as kind of a, a very winnable game, that would probably be it. However, after going through two games in five days or two games in, in the span of four or five days there to open the season, who knows what what, what the shape of the team is going to be. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. Two and one, like you got to get a two and one start. If you go into week four against Los Angeles and then and then New Orleans and then Carolina overseas at one and two or, or heaven forbid, oh and three. I mean, that's just. Bleh. Yeah, that's my analysis. <laughs> the official analysis is blech. Goodness gracious. I mean, if they make it through there alive, like honestly, man, like just get into November at 500. Like if you get into November at 500, then you've got five home games in in the in the back half of your schedule uh including, you know, two in a row to end the end the season against Houston and Atlanta. So, just get to 500, man. Like four and four, just figure out a way to be four and four coming back home against Arizona and you've got a shot. Wow. Just wow. Yeah, that's I like Dirk coming to Tampa though in week 17. That should be pretty fun. That is that is kind of funny. All right. Well, um I, I real quick before we move on, one of the things that I I did notice and I thought Greg Allman had a great point was if you're going to play the Niners it's probably best to play them at a spot when number one, Quan Alexander may not be cleared to play yet. And number two, it's Jimmy Garoppolo's first true game back since his injury. So you may catch them at the right time before they're really starting to gel and, and get going because I mean, there's no doubt there's talent on that team, but getting them in the first week of the season might be beneficial for Tampa. That that is that's very true, and you know you have limited scouting, especially with a team getting a new head coach. Uh, the the Niners are really going to have very limited information to work with as far as game planning uh, for the Buccaneers. I know it's Kyle Shanahan, and you know you kind of like he's very familiar, obviously, with the Buccaneers, but he's not familiar with the Buccaneers, the remaining players in Tampa's in Tampa's defense in the form that he's going to see them. And w- when we talked with Arizona media 
when when Bruce got hired by the Bucks, they they talked about how he's notorious for not showing really anything that he's going to do during the regular season in preseason games. So they're not even going to be able to rely all that well on what they see in preseason from from the Buccaneers unit. So I mean that that that, that is a plus. You you are correct there, but uh, I still just just the thought of having Quan Alexander blitzing behind Nick Bosa is not. I don't I don't like that, especially considering it's probably going to be against the right side of our offensive line uh, for the Bucks. So yeah. <laughs> just to recap, ugh. yeah, big fat bluff. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. David, let's go ahead and move on to uh, some comments that general manager Jason Light had to say on Tuesday uh, when he was talking a little bit of, you know, what what their plans are in the draft. I think we'll get a very good player at five. I, I think we have a very good player. We have we have at least five players that we think will, at least five, that if we stayed at our spot, that we'd be very happy with. What's the separation from, from very good to just pretty good? I mean, how far back can you, could you go? We, we have a line drawn at a certain number. <laughs> it, uh, but it's still, it's still a talented group, a good group. I would say after a certain number, which I won't give, then they kind of all kind of are together in terms, and it's 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 tougher than most years to really put which rank them. Your let's just say top 50 players because of that. But the flip side is what makes this draft exciting: is those players. Let's just pick a number out: 20 through 50, or 20 through 60 are all very good. So I think this is a deep draft. I think we're going to get good players in the second, third, fourth, fifth round. So we have plenty of, you know, I, I have a certain number of players I want to put. We, we start with a 1,000 players. We whittle it down to 300. Then on draft day, I take about half of that. And those are the players that we go into the draft. These are the guys we know, we think, have the best chance of making the team. This year it was harder to come up with that because – we could have expanded that more and more. There's been a lot of talk about what Jason Light said to the media, and, and there's been multiple articles and all that stuff. So we're going to do a little bit, something a little bit different. We're not so much going to react to what Jason said, as in we're really going to kind of put on our own GM hats here. Jason said in, in his comments that he's not going to tell anybody where the line is, what the number is that he has figuratively drawn on his draft board, or maybe physically drawn. I don't know. He Maybe he actually wrote or drew a line on their, on their big board. What we're going to do now is we're going to draw our lines. So the way that I did this is I, I made what I called a picking line, and that line represents the divide between players that if I'm the general manager at pick five, these are the guys I'm picking at pick five. So if they're available, I'm just spending my pick, I'm not trading, and I'm not even probably entertaining trade offers. And then I picked a line that the, the name of it is going to kind of give it away, but I call it the white line. And what it is, is there's a player that I'm specifically targeting in this draft that I think that I, that I would be most likely to get as the Buccaneers GM. So, But I also have a trade back limit to where I still feel like 
we get our player and uh, stack up some draft capital. And then my final line is what I call the price line, which is the limit I'm willing to go to to still get one of my targeted players. Uh, Jason Light mentioned that he there was a group of players, right, that he kind of viewed as kind of the top half of the of the the talent pool, and then after that there was a, a pool of you know he he referenced twenty to sixty players or so who were kind of beyond that, and that would be the next tier that he's really not looking to dip into. So he's trying to stay in that kind of first tier if you want to call it that uh, group of talent. However, getting into that group, you're basically forfeiting the opportunity to pick Devin White. So that's going to cost the team that trades up with them a little bit extra because of what the Buccaneers are sacrificing, i.e. not drafting kind of their their top target and assuming that the team trading up with them is probably going after a quarterback. So those are the three lines I've drawn for this, James. Are you drawing the same lines or do you have different lines that you're drawing for this? I think I honestly, I'm not sure where my line is at this moment in time. I think that there are three players in my opinion, and I know I'll probably get destroyed by, by some for my opinion, but there's three players worth taking at number five. The first is obviously Quinn and Williams, and I'm just assuming the Bosa's gone. There's no chance he drops to five. Otherwise, there would be four players. Okay. So, so this Quinn, is your picking line. Like if so, yeah. if what I call the picking line. If these, if one of these players is available at pick five, we're not answering the phone. We're just turning in our card. Ooh. Well, see, there's still there's one that I would still pick up the phone. Well, then he's not on your picking line, my friend. Okay. All right. Well, then this is my picking line. It's it's three players, including Bosa. Okay. Which would be Bosa, Quinn and Williams, and Josh Allen. That's that's my line. You know, and I know some people don't like Josh Allen. Uh, I'm not really sure why. I think he's an instant impact guy. I think he's a player that you can really improve your defense with. He has in- incredible talent, incredible get off, incredible speed, all of it. He's he's a phenomenal player. That's why he keeps getting mocked to go in the top four which is why it seems so unlikely for him to drop to five. So if, if those three players are there, I'm not picking up the phone. Okay. Now, if Devin White is there, I'm thinking about taking him, and that's the pick that I said that people are going to crush me for. I'm thinking about picking up the phone for Devin White. And yeah, inside linebackers don't get the stats. They don't need the stats. It's what they do for the rest of the defense. They help the front end. They help the back end, especially someone with, at, the, at the caliber of Devin White. He's good in coverage. He's helping the secondary. He's good at run stopping. He can get after the quarterback when asked to. He has sideline to sideline speed. He's helping everybody in the front seven. That's what he does. No, he's he's not going to have these groundbreaking sack numbers, but look at the impact that he would have on the players around him. That's why he's worth that number five pick that some people don't seem to understand how that works. So I'm I'm strongly considering Devin White there, but I'm picking up the phone. If somebody wants to leapfrog the Giants, and get a quarterback, and they're they're going to give up some draft capital. I will absolutely listen because I can slide back. I can pick up you know one or two additional picks this year, maybe another pick next year, and then I can look to some of these other guys like a Devin Bush, like an Ed Oliver, like a a, a Brian Burns or a Montez Sweat. You know, these are guys or a a, a, um, a Cleveland Farrell, a, a, a Wilkins. Help me out, Christian Wilkins. Christian Wilkins, thank you. I kept wanting to say Quinnen. I got Quinnen Williams on the brain. Christian Wilkins. These are the kind of guys that you can get by sliding back. So, no, you're not getting one of those elite top-tier guys, 
but you may pick up three really good guys. You know, if, if my choice is Devin White or you're going to give me Ed Oliver, Rocky Sin, and Deontay Thompson, yeah, give me that all day long. You know, and, and I love Devin White. He's one of my absolute favorite players in this draft. But now you're addressing three positions of need because you slid back a little bit. So that's kind of my line. I'm I'm not picking up the phone if it's Williams, Bosa, or Allen. I'm, I just won't. Those are those are next level elite prospects. I'm wanting Devin White, but I'll listen. And then after that, there are plenty of other options, and you can turn that pick into multiple guys at positions of need. So that's that's kind of where I am at this moment in time. Okay. So I have two players that I'm picking at five no matter what. Like, if they're there, I'm not answering the phone. Okay. And, and, and that's what I call my picking line, right? And they are Nick Bosa and Quinn Williams. And I agree that I don't think there's any way Nick Bosa is going to be there at number five. But no. he's on the board, therefore – He's under that line. He's under that picking line. And Josh Allen is not there. And I will tell you this. I don't like Josh Allen. And there's a very good reason I don't like Josh Allen. I just can't explain why I don't like Josh. (laughs) (laughs) So my feeling about Josh Allen reminds me, honestly, I can't remember the year. I guess I should have looked it up if I knew this was going to come up really. But when Matt Leiner, Vince Young, and Jay Cutler all came into the NFL, they were the three quarterbacks. It was VY and Matt Liner, and then it was Jay Cutler, right? And I remember telling, I mean, I wasn't writing or doing any podcasts. I don't think podcasts even existed back then, but I wasn't in any short, any sort of media stance whatsoever. However, I just remember telling buddies of mine what we, when we talked about football that Jay Cutler, I felt like, was going to have the best career out of all of them, that none of them were going to be this transcendent quarterback. But at the end of the day, when you looked back at it, you would say that Jay Cutler had the best career. And everybody asked me why. Why was he better than Matt Leonard? Why was he better than Vince Young? And I said to them then, what I'm going to tell you now about Josh Allen, I have no idea. It's just what I feel. Expert analysis. Hey, you know, sometimes you get these gut feelings and you just roll with them. Yeah, and I'm not going to lie. At first, I mean, I didn't really look a lot into Josh Allen before the Combine anyway. But then when we're at the Combine, I just got this feeling. I don't know. And, and I've been watching him a little bit since. Uh, not as deep as obviously something like the draft network guys, you know, we, we don't, we don't get into into prospects as deep as those guys by any means. However, I think we do a pretty good job of covering prospects, you know, from the, from the perch that we're, that we're sitting on. And I just, I've, I've yet to really see, I mean, I see what people like in him. I just, I look at him and then just the feel I got from him in Indianapolis. I just, I don't like the, I don't like the fit. I don't, I don't think it's going to, it would work out very well. Uh, doesn't mean he won't have a decent career or be a good guy, you know, for somebody else. I just, when I imagine him playing for the Buccaneers, playing in a top bowls defense, I just don't think it's going to, it would work. So Bosa and Williams are my two guys that I'm picking at five. I'm not even answering the phone. And then kind of like what you said with Devin White, I really like Devin White and I don't care about the valuation of inside linebackers. I don't care if the thought process of him being the main uh, or that position being the main need is, is up there. The way I look at it is I value a guy like Devin White more in this draft class because of the fact that he and Devin Bush are the only two starting caliber off-ball linebackers in this class. That's not a detraction from Devin White. It's a it's a detraction from the interior linebacker class as a whole that it's very weak this year. But even in a strong interior linebacker group, Devin White is still probably your top guy. So I'm good with Devin White at five. However, I am picking up the phone. 
if it's if Nick Bosa and Quinn Williams are gone, as much as I, I love Devin White, as much as I would love to see Devin White wearing a Buccaneers uniform in 2019, wearing I'm still number picking 40? up the phone. Yeah, wearing number 40, definitely. <laughs> I'm still picking up the phone. If we just, we just approves, lost 500 subscribers. Yeah, maybe. So they're not going to hear me say this part. If Mike Allstott approves, then I'm definitely on board with Devin White wearing number 40. Because you know what? If Mike Allstott's okay with it, who the hell am I to disagree with him? So, Amen, brother. But I created what I call the white line. Because if Devin White is on the board and I trade back and I'm the general manager of the Buccaneers, which I am not, I am going to try and trade back to a place where I can still get Devin White. And I'm willing to take a little bit less draft capital to stay in that window. And that's what I call the white line. And I'm not going to get into the full breakdown. So I'm writing a breakdown for Bucks, BucksNation.com that you'll be able to read today, the same day that this episode is being published. Uh, because James is going to do me a solid and schedule it for today, even though we didn't talk about that before. I just said this. Um, Yikes. That line is the ninth pick. Because I feel like if the Denver Broncos come on the clock at number 10 and Devin White is on the board, they're drafting Devin White. So if I'm going to trade back but still want to try to keep Devin White reasonably on the board, the ninth pick, which belongs to the Buffalo Bills, is the furthest I can go. So now you're looking at the Giants, you're looking at the Lions, you're looking at the Bills, and that's it. Or wait, I'm missing one. You're looking at the Giants, Jacksonville, that's what I'm missing. You're looking at the Giants, Jacksonville, Detroit, and Buffalo. Those are the four teams I'm answering the phone for first. And if any of those four teams gives gives me an offer to trade up, ideally you're probably looking at what, a quarterback, right? So, I mean, are the Lions done with Matt Stafford? I don't think so. Uh, Are the Bills done with Josh Allen? Not at all. If the Bills trade up, you're probably looking at TJ Hawkinson. They're trying to get in front of Jacksonville for TJ Hawkinson. But what's the draft capital going to be from going from fifth to ninth for a tight end? Like Jacksonville's probably not going to be all that interested in paying a whole lot for that pick. However, if I'm Jason Light and I really enjoy playing this draft game, right, which is what we've been told all offseason, he really enjoys playing the draft game, then maybe I'm willing to take, like, I don't know, a third round pick and I'd shoot them a sixth or a seventh uh, at the same time. We move back to number nine. The Bills get TJ Hawkinson for uh, for Josh Allen to overthrow in 2019. The Jags, I don't know what the Jags do, but the Jags don't need an interior linebacker. The Lions need an edge rusher. The Giants don't need an interior linebacker. So Devin White should still be there at number nine. We added another pick or two. And uh, yeah, I'd, I'd feel good about that trade. I honestly, truly, in my heart of hearts, believe that if the Bucks trade back at all, unless it's with the Giants, Devin White's not going to be there. Someone will take him, even if it means that they trade up ahead of the Bucks to make sure that, like, I could see, let, let's say the Bucks do trade back to number nine with the Bills. Second straight year, they trade with the Bills. Mm-hmm. I could see Denver jumping the Bucks to make sure that they get Devin White. I There's think a definite you, potential for that, yeah. Trade back at all, Devin White is going to be off the table. So then you're, so you essentially have the same. So really, you have no white line, as I call it. You have your your straight picking line, which is your three guys that you're picking at five. You're not even answering the phone, and then you've got your price line. So what you're saying to me is that somebody would have to overpay to get you to trade out because you're essentially saying to yourself that you're gonna you're gonna cost yourself a chance at Devin White. Yeah. Okay. But I'm okay. I'm okay with that. And For the in right your price. scenario. Exactly. In your scenario, if they stay ahead of Denver, I'm okay 
trading back and 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 picking up those extra picks. You know, maybe it is an early second round pick. So now you're looking at being able to address corner or safety in round two, where there is a little bit of a deeper draft pool. And you miss on White, but you get Ed Oliver. But you know, even if Ed Oliver is gone, now you can still get Devin Bush, who I think is almost as good as Devin White. I think yep. they both have the same ceiling, which is consistent Pro Bowl. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fit him for a gold jacket or name him first team all pros. I'm saying consistent Pro Bowl caliber play from either yeah. one of those guys. I think White is the better talent right now today, but I think they're both going to be very, very good to great NFL players. So you can still address that linebacker. That's the thing, and, and you and I have discussed it. That's the thing about drafting a linebacker early in this draft, whether it's White or it's Bush. After that, the drop-off is so steep, you are not going to find a starting caliber inside linebacker after those two are gone. No. You can make the argument for the for the kid out of Alabama who's, no, whose name can. I can never remember. Matt Wilson. No, you can't. Yeah. And maybe maybe somebody that you draft in round three or four develops into that a few years down the line. But that's the thing. The the inside linebacker pool or the you know, really the the linebacker pool in general, if you're talking about a four three style outside linebacker, which we're not the inside linebacker pool is so shallow that if you don't get one early, you don't get one at all. There will be interior defensive linemen later in the draft that can have an impact. There will be edge rushers later on in the draft that will have an impact. There will be members of the secondary, wide receivers, running backs, interior offensive linemen down the line that will have impacts on the team. Linebacker, no. If you don't get one of those top two guys, you are not getting a linebacker. No, At least not one that's going to do any more than special teams. That's the difference between you know, a strength of a draft and a weakness of a draft. The weakness of this draft is interior linebackers. That's why you have to strike early. You can make up production out of defensive linemen, corners, and safeties later. You have to strike if you are in the position to, to get Bush or White. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, so this this definitely turned into a, a draft position conversation more than a draft trade conversation. That's And that's right. fine. However, what I'd like that's to remind me. everybody My too, bad. No, no, I'm good with it. Um, when we talked to Shaquille Barrett, and I know Shaquille Barrett is not a Pro Bowl outside linebacker and, and, and edge rusher and all that, but this is a man who has been in the league for a good amount of time. He's got experience. He's played in a successful defense. And we asked him, how important is your Mike linebacker? And when every every defense has its own terminology. When when I say Mike linebacker and, and Shaq uh, you know, understood this, we're talking about the guy with the green sticker on his home, the guy that gets the defense set, the guy that makes the adjustments, the guy that makes the calls, the quarterback of the defense. We asked him, how important is that? And he said it was extremely important. And we asked him in relation to Devin White. And he went on much longer, really, than I expected him to. I honestly kind of expected one of those like canned football player you know, uh, comments of, yeah, it's important. And if the Bucs, you know, if, if Jason Light decides that Devin White's the guy to do it, then fantastic. But he said more than that. And he didn't get into a Daniel Jeremiah-type breakdown of, of Devin White's film, but he went into traits that he knows Devin White has and personality features that he's seen Devin White pr uh, present and leadership skills that he's already heard about of Devin White. So this is a dude who's in the middle of finding a new home, free agency negotiations are going on, visits with teams or conversations with teams, 
like you said, his his family was still uh, back at home. If you follow him on social media, you've seen he's had some events back in Denver while he's still in Florida, getting ready, doing OTAs. Yet he's still paying attention to what's happening with this particular off-ball linebacker. That says something. When someone who's already in the league preparing to play in a game, play for a new team, has all this stuff going on, yet he still has time to pay attention to what's going on with you as a draft prospect, that means something. It doesn't necessarily mean Devin White's going to be a Hall of Famer, but what it means is that when he comes onto the field, when he comes into the locker room as a first-round draft pick, if this is how this goes down, at least one player, and we haven't talked to Levante, we haven't haven't talked to Kendall, you know, uh, who, who knows what's going to happen with that whole thing, but at least one person in that locker room, in that linebacker room, which is one of the most important parts, because if the linebacker group doesn't respect your mic, nobody's going to respect your mic. But if Shaquille Barrett already has respect for this kid, you know Levante is gonna is gonna raise him up, is gonna is gonna do everything he can to put him on his Captain America shoulders and make sure he's successful. So now what? Your rookie edge rusher, your J, JPP, the consummate teammate, Carl Nassib. I mean, you can't survive in Cleveland unless you're a good teammate. So you talk about a support structure that a rookie could thrive in. Devin White definitely would have a linebacker room that he could thrive in, and he also happens to be the interior linebacker that has the requisite skills physically and mentally to make sure that his fellow teammates are also set up for success in turn. I mean, it just makes a lot of sense. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I guess this has now turned into a Draft Devin White podcast. But Draft Devin White pod, the Locked On Draft Devin White. And listen, J.C. Cornell, friend of the show, <laughs> CEO of the Draft Network Put in his mock draft, the only mock draft he's dropping this entire offseason. Go ahead and pre-order your custom Devin White jerseys. I'm getting my number 40, and it's going to be creamsicle because I love what Don Smith tweeted today. That was that was pretty good. And and of course, Quan decided to shoot shoot his shot. And I like it. You know, the trash talk is starting already, week one. <laughs> but David, we are out of time mostly because I have to call into another podcast in about 90 seconds. So I'm going to wrap this up as fast as I can. Deep breath. Please make sure you're checking out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you're calling us with your voicemails at 813-444-5841. Please make sure you are leaving us those five-star iTunes reviews. Help other Buccaneers find us there on the iTunes searches. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at locked on bucks at Jarco underscore bucks at DH 82 underscore bucks and at bucks underscore nation. And while you're on Twitter, make sure that you are using hashtag national high five day. That's right. Today is national high five day. So get on there, send us a high five gift using the hashtag. We really appreciate it. Hope you all have a safe, wonderful and enjoyable day. And thanks so much for joining us right here at Locked On Box. Every night when the stars come out Am I the only living soul around? Need to believe you could hold me down Cause I'm in need of something good right now We could be screaming till the sun 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.